You are listening to the Savvy Painter Podcast, episode number 282. Hello, friends. How are you doing today? I am doing really, really well. Amazing, actually. I am just super, super engaged with some new projects that I have going on in my studio and in my life. I am in master coach training, and it is kind of blowing my mind in terms of the side effects of what they are asking of me. And the thing that I think is so fascinating about this is as painters, we know that when you introduce a new mark or like a new color, a new shape into a painting, it really changes the whole painting. When you activate an area of the canvas with, I don't know, maybe a super saturated red, for example, and let's just say that maybe the other areas of the canvas are more muted, that saturated red mark changes our perceptions of all of the other colors that are already on the canvas. They're seen differently now that they are playing against that red. And that difference changes the whole painting. And that's kind of what's happening with me with this master coach training. It's crazy. It's sort of accelerating this experience for me that when we change one thought in any area of our thinking, in any area of our life, it changes everything else. So right now, as an example, I'm sort of questioning what is possible for me in my life. And I'm breaking down and reexamining a lot of the beliefs that are the basis, the foundation of what I imagine is possible for me. And what I'm discovering is overflowing into my painting in really, really fun ways. And so it made me think that this idea would be a good topic to explore with you today on the podcast. So one of the things that I'm doing by examining these underlying beliefs that I have is I'm just kind of taking a look at them, seeing what they are producing, and then deciding on purpose if I want to keep them or if I just want to let them go, maybe adjust them a little bit, or if I want to let them go entirely. So we're going to talk today about choosing your own beliefs about your art. And what you're going to learn from this conversation, I hope, is why choosing on purpose is such a powerful habit to get into and what to expect from yourself when you are changing your thoughts and some of like your underlying beliefs about your art, how that will help you grow, who you'll become by doing that. And also I'm going to touch on how and when to even change your mind. Sometimes you don't even want to do that. So we're going to take a look at all of that in this episode. So first, let's start with why choose on purpose? Because I'm sure a lot of things are going really well. I'm sure a lot of your thoughts are really benefiting you. So why bother even why make the effort? Choosing on purpose allows you to practice understanding what you like and what you don't like with intention. When you do that, you are less likely to fall into confusion about your art. When you are very intentional and you are actively deciding what you like and what you don't like with intention and on purpose, you have a framework for making decisions. You don't react to all the opinions out there about how and why you should create your work. You're not phased by random comments from well-meaning friends and family about your choice to be an artist or how you should manage your time or what you should do with your art or where you should show it or how you should handle it. Or, you know, like 
sometimes we get all these opinions from other people who are probably trying to help. They think they're helping and they have all sorts of opinions about where you should show your art, what you should do to promote it, all of these things that maybe don't fit with who you are and your authentic self. When you choose on purpose your own beliefs about your art, you'll be able to distinguish when you are in a growth pattern or when you're in what I would call an avoidance pattern with your work. So for example, you'll know when you are bouncing around, reacting to what you think might work based on something you saw or read or a random comment from somebody else. I've seen artists switch gears or techniques entirely because of a comment that they heard at a gallery. So here's an example. An artist overheard someone at a gallery talking about another artist and what this artist thought and eventually did made absolute sense based on what he was believing. It wasn't an overt belief. He wasn't really aware of what his foundation or what his premise was, or if he was aware on some level, he didn't think that it mattered that much. He didn't think that that belief had that much sway or that much power over him. He didn't think the belief made that much of an impact. The belief that he had was, the gallery knows more than I do. And I wanted to use this example because it's sneaky, because you could come up with lots and lots of evidence for why that is true, why it's true that the gallery owner knows more than I do. And that's exactly what this artist did. Without really examining the belief or what he was making it mean, he had made that comment mean that that person knows more than I do. They run a gallery and they are saying this thing. And this thing that they're saying could be true about my work too, even though they weren't talking about his work. He made it mean that that was true about his work as well. So then he's thinking like, oh man, I should be doing it that way. I'm not doing it right. I should be painting this other way. So he made a decision that if you believe the precept, if you take that premise for granted, it makes absolute sense. It is logical how he got to this idea. But part of being responsible for your art, part of owning who you are and what you create is purposely and intentionally deciding your own beliefs about your art and being very vigilant about that. So he made the decision to change a significant part of his art based on this hidden belief that the gallery owner knows more than he does. And that's true. You could argue that it's true that the gallery owner knows more than he does. Except it's true that the gallery owner knows more about some things, but the gallery doesn't know more about everything. The gallery doesn't know more about all the things. And that's how beliefs like that kind of sneak in when they are unexamined and unchallenged. When this artist made the decision to change that part of his art, he gave the gallery owner the responsibility for his art. And here's what's fascinating. The gallery owner, by the way, didn't ask for this responsibility. The gallery owner was completely unaware that the comment had any impact on this other artist who had overheard it. When we do this, 
When we abdicate our responsibility for our art, in many ways, what we're doing is we're avoiding our art. If our art doesn't work, and we have abdicated the responsibility to somebody else or to another idea, if it doesn't work out, we can always say, well, that's just what galleries want these days, or that's the problem. It's over there. It's outside of me. I have no control over that. When we do that, we're avoiding the possibility of being wrong, which is a terrible habit because avoiding the possibility of being wrong limits you. Avoiding the possibility of being wrong limits your growth. Now, it's very possible that this artist could have made the exact same decision about his art. He could have changed it in exactly the same way, and he could have done that while he took responsibility for it, and the outcome on the surface would maybe look the same. But internally, it would have been very different. So I am kind of purposely being vague about the exact changes this person made. So now I'm just going to make something else up. So let's just say that I'm thinking right now to make it super different from what this person actually did just to sort of protect them. But we'll make it about landscape painting. Okay, so let's just say, for example, that what this artist heard and how this artist interpreted what they heard made them decide to, they took that and from that they decided, I'm going to change my technique in this specific way. I'm going to start adding more palette knife work in there and I'm going to abstract things a little bit more. And I'm also going to make sure there's a building in every single landscape. Okay. So those are some specific things maybe that like an artist might change having overheard something, right? So just to give it a little bit more specificity. So an artist could make that exact same decision and take responsibility for it. The paintings might still have palette knife work in it and might still have buildings in it and might still have more abstraction. But the experience that artist has creating it and the work itself would be very different. So how is this possible? What do I mean by that? So let's say that this all goes down the exact same way. An artist is in a gallery, overhears a gallery owner talking to another artist, and we're going to use my made up example and say like, yeah, what the gallery owner said was, what would work better is to use palette knife a little bit like if you'd used palette knife in there, I can't imagine an art. Okay, anyway, doesn't matter. So (laughs) the gallery owner is giving very specific advice to the artist about using a palette knife, using more abstraction, maybe not rendering it as much or and having a building or man made things in there is really impacting sales. I don't know. Okay. So let's say this, like that whole conversation happens exactly the same way. He overhears that comment. Maybe he even has a similar thought that that could be true about my work as well. But in this case, he doesn't have the underlying belief that the gallery owner knows more than he does. Instead, his underlying belief is I know more about my art than anyone else. I know more about my art and I trust my vision. That one shift means that instead of responding out of lack and insufficiently, out of believing that the gallery owner knows more than he does, 
and some of the cascading thoughts that might come with that, that I'm not doing it right, that I should be doing it differently, I should be doing it this other way. Instead of responding out of that, the artist responds with curiosity. So he's exact same situation, he's hearing the same words, but instead of thinking they're right, I'm wrong, he gets curious. He hears the same words and thinks, what if I played with that idea? I wonder what would happen in my work, what I will find, how it could be there, how I could interpret things differently if I took these pieces of what I just overheard and applied it to my own work. Do you see how different that is? Responding with curiosity opens your thinking and it allows your own voice, your own inner wisdom to respond. It allows you to respond with curiosity. So in this case, if the artist had responded that way, it would have allowed him to explore and choose what he believes about his own art, to try things out, to play with those ideas. And by doing that, he creates this higher level of thinking about his art that he will then take with him into his next painting. So he elevates his thinking. He evolves his ideas about his own art. So his actions could be similar. The thing that he chooses to do could be use the palette knife. It could be add some abstraction. It could even be add a building into an, or choose a location that has a building in it, which maybe he wouldn't have done before. He could still change his art. But when he makes that same choice for that very different reason, it expands his thinking. He owns it. He owns his art. And the difference isn't the action that he took. The difference is how he was thinking of it. The difference is he responded with curiosity and abundance as opposed to believing that somebody else knew more about his work as opposed to abdicating his choices about his work to somebody else from a place of, I'm not doing it right. I should be doing it differently. Everything that he does from that place would be completely different. I want you to really sit with that and think about that, like internalize that. Think about how that feels in your body when you think about painting from this idea that I don't know about my art and this other gallery owner, and I think this is what they said, and I think this is what they meant, versus, huh, that's really interesting. I want to check this out. I want to play with that idea totally different painting experience. And what you do with that, the actual marks that you make are going to be very, very different. So it's incredible what happens with all of that. And when you make the choice, when you make any choices about your art from lack and insufficiently, from the place of other people know better, what you create is a dependency on other people's thoughts And you will constantly need other people's validation to know for sure if you're doing it right. It is a downward spiral, what happens with all of that. So I wanted to give you that really, really concrete example and tell you this story. And and I hope that you can really see how it changes the outcome so much, just the idea of choosing what you want to believe about your art, even taking just that one little thought as the premise. So 
Here's what to expect from yourself when you actively choose your own beliefs. Number one is you might get it wrong. Okay. And getting it wrong is a good thing because it allows you to, again, make those choices about, do I like this? Do I not like this? You can also expect when you actively choose your own beliefs that you will have the temptation to say, I don't know. And to create overwhelm with this idea that I don't know what I want to believe. I don't know what to believe right now about my art or about myself or about my capacity. I have maybe a vague idea, but I don't have anything concrete. And the temptation will be to say, I don't know. And that is going to create a lot of feelings of overwhelm. And it will sort of reinforce this idea that you don't know what you think, which is not true. So when that happens, I wanted to mention that because when you kind of know what to expect from yourself, when you actively choose your own beliefs, this is going to happen. You're going to be tempted to say, I don't know, and you might feel overwhelmed and you might have that experience of like, I don't really know what I think. I've never thought of this before. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If that happens, nothing has gone wrong. You're just creating a new belief system. And so, of course, it's going to feel a little bit weird at first. It's going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. You're also going to want to go back to your old beliefs. And you might do this by habit. It might just be a default, like you just go back to it without even noticing it. Or you might choose to do that. And that makes absolute sense as well, because your old beliefs, even the ones that don't serve you, even ones like that, like other people know more than I do, gallery owners know more about my work, or gallery owners know more about art, therefore their opinion about my art matters more than my own beliefs like that, these are comfortable and familiar. You are used to them. So of course, you're going to want to go back to them. Your brain's going to want to go back to what's comfortable because that's what humans do. We don't like to experience discomfort and changing your thoughts is often uncomfortable. So you have to sort of be on to yourself that when it feels uncomfortable, or if you slip back into an old belief that you don't want to have anymore, that's totally normal and nothing has gone wrong. And it's not a signal that you should then make yourself even more wrong by beating yourself up and saying like, "Ah, but I know that's not a thought that I want anymore. I decided to change it. And here I am back in that same place before. It's totally normal. You might identify a belief you have about your artwork or about yourself as the artist that you want to change. You might decide, you know what? I want to purposely and intentionally choose this other thought about myself as the artist or about my work itself. And sometimes it will be that easy. You will just choose, you know what? I don't like that thought anymore. I'm going to actively choose a different one because I can see how this other belief will serve me better. It will create different results. It will make my art easier. It will make creating easier. It will make showing my art easier, whatever it is. You might decide to choose it. And it may be that simple that you just make a decision and then boom, you have chosen a new belief and you adopt that new belief. You bring it into your studio, you bring it into your life and that's it all done. No big deal. And then there'll be other beliefs or other choices that you want to make with how you're thinking about your art that aren't so easy. It's not a light switch for you. 
It's not a simple matter of, hey, I'm going to decide to choose how I think about my art. Again, if that's what you experience, it's not that anything has gone wrong. It's just some beliefs, some thought processes are much more difficult to change. Usually the reason is it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how long you've been thinking that or how long you've been believing that. You can have believed something since you were five years old and I don't know, let's say 30, 40, 50 years later, you're like, hey, you know what? That doesn't serve me anymore. I don't want to believe that. And then you change it just like that. So it's not about how long you have had this belief system or had this thought. It actually has more to do with how attached you are to that thought. If this thought you have, if this belief is something that you are really, really attached to. Sometimes that's because you think that it's part of your identity and giving that up is scary, or there can be other like highly emotional reasons why you are holding on to that thought or holding on to that belief. Those ones can be a little bit more difficult. So if you're finding that it's not like, oh, I see this and I want to change that thought and then it doesn't change right away. You don't change it right away. Understand that sometimes some thoughts, some beliefs are a little bit more sticky. And again, there's nothing wrong. It's just going to take you doing a little bit more digging and a little bit more of the work to change that thought, to change that belief system. Okay, so I'm sure the next question is, how do I do it? Either way, The way that you do it is through awareness and gentle steps. So it's never going to be like a harsh, aggressive attack on your thoughts or belief systems. You don't want to do that to yourself. First of all, it's not fun. Second of all, when you come at it that way, all you're going to want to do is defend the thought and defend that belief system. And please do keep in mind that if you are really attached it will be more difficult. You can't go from one extreme to the other. It's not a light switch, unfortunately. I really wish it were that easy. Positive thinking, affirmations, those can be helpful, but they can also backfire. So the first step is always going to be awareness, is just start the practice of noticing what you're thinking about your art, what you're thinking about your practice, what you're thinking about yourself as the artist. Just becoming aware of it already makes a change because when you become aware of it, you start to realize that these are just thoughts. These are just sentences running through your head. By themselves, they have no power. That simple awareness is enough to affect change. And when it's a thought, again, that you're not attached to, you just make the decision, oh, I'm not going to think that anymore. Oh, I realized that I used to think that that's a thought error. It doesn't help me. And I don't want to think that anymore. When it's something that you're more attached to, when it is when you're experiencing large amounts of resistance to changing that thought, or the habit is so strong that you just find yourself continually going back to it and going back to it, then there's more work to be done. Then it's a practice of creating baby steps into your next thought finding thoughts that you do believe that get you a little bit closer to where you want to be. I always like to start by, if it's a thought that I'm really attached to, 
I just start to take baby steps, not to changing it to something different, but to neutralizing it, to make it, if it's a thought that maybe is very judgmental or that creates negative emotions, then I might just start by trying to make it a thought that has like zero emotion to it. And it might take me a few progressions to get through that. And basically, in a nutshell, (laughs) to sort of oversimplify it, the way that I do that is through awareness and then by actively practicing the new thought. So I will actively like put that thought in my awareness and consciously bring it up. So that is one thing that you can start to practice, and that will likely help you with a lot of the thoughts that you're less attached to. And just doing that is going to have a huge, huge impact on what's happening in your studio, how you're thinking about your art, what you're creating, what your thoughts are about showing your art, what your thoughts are about pricing your art and selling your art. All of those things can will be helped by this. And so the other thing that I wanted to talk about is when do you change your belief? When do you change your thought? And a very kind of easy rule that I use is I just look at, I just answer this question for myself. Is this belief helping me? Is it helping me or is it causing something negative? Do I like the outcome that this thought is creating? Does it align with my goals? Does it align with who I want to be? If the answer is no, then you have some work to do. But I want to tell you that work is so worth doing. Because by doing the work to change your thoughts, you will become more confident in your art. You will become the artist who is certain and confident and very clear on what you like and what you don't like about your work, what you like and what you don't like about techniques, what you like and what you don't like about subject matter, about how things appear on your canvas, about how bodies of work connect to each other. You will be so much more certain and in control of all of that because you will have taken the time to actively decide, what is it that I like? What do I not like? What do I respond to? What matters to me? What doesn't matter to me? What is something about my art that I really want to make sure is there? And what do I want to let go of? What ideas or what concepts or what thoughts just do not make sense to me, which do not help me with my art? What do I want to release? It's an amazing question to ask yourself about your thought process. And asking and truly digging into and answering these questions will make you so much more confident with your art. And like I said, this is simple, but it's definitely not easy. So if this is something that you struggle with, that you know you want help with, Growth Studio is an amazing place to be. We work on this every single week in live coaching calls and critiques. It's just an incredible group of artists. You definitely should be in it. If you've been thinking about joining, either way, take this podcast episode, take this lesson that I'm giving you today and apply it to your thinking. You will be amazed at what you discover about yourself and about your art and what you're able to create. And listen, I know it is not always that easy. I know it is easier said than done. So if you want help with this, I would really encourage you to join Growth Studio. We take these concepts, we explore them, we dive really deep into them every single week on live calls and critiques. 
Either way, doing the work of becoming aware of your thought and actively managing what your beliefs and what your thoughts are about your work is so important because of the confidence that you will develop in your art, which is amazing because that means that you'll stop second guessing your intuition. You'll stop second guessing your voice. You'll tap into that authentic higher self that knows and so wants to express itself. The clarity that you get about yourself and your work when you decide on purpose what your thoughts and your beliefs are about your art, that clarity helps you build your intuition. It makes your voice stronger. It makes your voice more clear. What you focus your attention on, you create more of. So you want to be purposeful in what you focus your attention on. Focusing your attention on intentionally choosing and curating your beliefs teaches your mind that you do have ownership. It empowers you. You are actively guiding yourself to what you do control and you build yourself up and you open yourself to even more possibility in what you create with your art. Very simple. It's an upward spiral when you choose on purpose what you want to believe, when you choose on purpose what you do believe, when you actively let go of things that aren't serving you, You just get more and more confidence about who you are as an artist. You still have to take action. You still have to hone your skills. You still have to practice the foundations of painting, but it makes the whole thing more exciting, more engaging, more fun, more just joyous, I think. So that's how you grow when you decide that you are going to choose on purpose what your beliefs are about your art. So that's what I have for you this week. I hope you have an amazing week in your studio and you get lots of creativity into your day today. Have a fabulous week. When you are aware of how powerful your mind is, you show up to your studio differently. You notice the abundant opportunities to level up your presence in the studio. And when you do that, you stop worrying about whether or not you have a voice because you know it was already there. Now your best work comes more easily. Join Growth Studio now. I show you your blind spots and help you create confidently. Just go to SavvyPainter.com forward slash join.